We're definitely homies with uh, Racks. It's a vintage store. Um, off Fondren. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of like twenty dollar, fifteen to like fifty dollar vintage tees at a really good price point. And they're like, you know, they move volume. They're not like yeah. sitting on their pieces forever. Um, we actually just and we just did a collaborative store with them down the street. Okay, nice. Um, so that will be vintage, but also sneakers and hype as well. So um, we definitely have the closest relationship with them, but for the most part, we're friendly with most shops. I mean, there's two or three of them that we don't fuck with, or we don't fuck with, like, the way that they do business. Like, either, like, their price point, or we, you know, we think a couple shops out here are moving fakes. Okay. But um, for the most part, everyone everyone's friendly. It's It's the best way to to get by um when you're all selling the same stuff go for the same stuff there's there's no reason to be like overly competitive or like territorial about this stuff right What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Go Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Noel. As usual, today's guest, we got Casey here in the building. The Faculty Hype Club Never. He is in Houston, Texas. Make sure you check him out. But what else do you sell in the store besides sneakers, merchandise, and clothing? Um, we carry some accessories as well. Like We carry like some snake, uh, skate decks, um, branded water bottles. You know, Supreme kind of does like every type of collaboration at that point. Um, the weirdest things, maybe like a rug or something. So oh, okay, okay. You kind of touched on the on the big ones, but we carry some some other like interesting things as well. What about like exclusive shoes and like hard to find shoes you carry? Yeah, I mean that's kind of yeah, that's kind of the basic principle of like all the shoes that we have is they're not they're not something you can walk into the mall and get. Um, you know, some of the shoes behind us are maybe some of the more sought after ones, but right. At this point, you can't really buy, like, any Jordan 1 or any Dunk Low, like, in a store. Retail. Like a normal store, yeah. For retail? Correct. Um, just name some of them, the ones you have behind us right now. Um, we've got the the Chunky Dunky. Um, this is the, the Off-White, uh, the Virgil Air Force. Nice. He's, you know, the green one's about to come out. This is the Monair 3. I thought the green ones came out already. Um, they're, they're still releasing, I believe, um, because I just got an email about them. But yeah, for the most part, pairs are already out there. Yeah. Um. I know the store in California, Sunset Sneakers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you see them on Instagram. They have, I think they have a couple pairs or something like that. Yeah. The, the, the problem with that is like the ticket on shoes like that is so high. Um. So if you wanted to sell them to like us, like you probably want like around two mm. to put up two to make like two to 300 bucks just isn't really worth it so really we don't get a ton of that stuff just because we, we're not dealing with like the two to three thousand dollar client all the time right and like the money you have to put up to just make a few bucks it's just not really worth it right so and these right here real quick uh these are the union fours um the travis scott ones and then those are the mambasitas there at the end the nice. kobe's nice um and you said right now that pretty much have to come with the capital for like two grand to get those shoes would you rather use that capital for like um like dunks definitely like so our our main customers looking to spend probably less than 500 so our market is kind of the 300 customer so 
the more options that we can have in that price range, the better it is for us. You know, it's it's nice to have like the chunky donkeys and the Travises, but those aren't shoes you're selling every day. Right, right. Nice. So I, I'm I'm pretty one of, I'm one of those customers now. I got some uh, slides. Hook me up with some slides from uh, Faculty Club. Never appreciate that. <clears throat> tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, tell me when did you get, you know, as a sneaker owner, uh, I'm pretty sure like some people want to know, but uh, when did you get into shoes and how did that start for you? Or what shoes started at all? Um, it was definitely like when Jordan was like at his prime um, sometime in like the mid nineties. I remember seeing students with like, so I'm 38. So I kind of lived through like the heyday of the bulls. Right. So I remember people wearing like Jordan, you know, seven, eights, nines. I don't really remember things before that. But the shoe that really like catapulted me would be like the Elevens, the Concords. Oh, okay. So that was the first time where like I really, really wanted a shoe and like a combination of like scarcity and like my mom not willing to spend that much for a shoe. Yeah. Was the first time where I really remember being like, man, if I could just have that shoe. Yeah. So. Um, it was to the point where like even one of my friends who, who did get the shoe for maybe Christmas or something, or maybe he just had a, a cool mom, but, um, <laughs> but I remember him letting me borrow them for like the day just so I could like feel like that feeling of having those shoes on my feet for a day. Wait, that was like a, that was 2000 or 99? No, it th- was the original release. So, oh wow. yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what the day was or, or the year was, but. I was um I was in intermediate school like uh so like fifth or sixth grade I think right 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 I think sixth grade so so yeah like he let me wear them and like you know just like it was the first time where it was like you know like every reflection you're kind of looking at your feet or you're like sitting in class like oh did they notice what I'm wearing type shit so, yeah did you walk like pigeon toes so they didn't crease no no like I don't feel like <laughs> I don't even feel like that became a thing until like the last few years where like people just like. They just understood that you were going to crease them or that they were going to yellow. Yeah. So. I think, so, I remember I used to walk pigeon toe so, like, my shoes wouldn't crease until they came out. I thought that was one of the greatest ideas ever, like, with the force fields. Oh, yeah, like the shoe shield things? Yeah, yeah. the shoe shield, yeah. Yeah, I've never worn anything like that. Like, honestly, like, once I decide, like, I'm going to wear something, I've just kind yeah. of, like, accepted the fact that it's going to yeah. get, like, wrinkled or creased or, or beat up, so. Um, so you're saying the concourse started at all. When did you notice, like, you started, like, just buying? And when did you actually started, like, collecting shoes? You know, because you, you start getting to those shoes, and then they, they eventually get beat. They, they get beat up, you know? And then you start actually collecting where you're like, let me, let me just not wear these because they mean something to me. You know what I mean? Um, well, from that moment, I was like, really into shoes after that point like I was always like I had a sketch pad and I was always like drawing shoes I wanted to make or if I ever get hired by Nike I would make a shoe oh yeah make a shoe like that yeah so I was really into shoes like from then until like maybe like junior year and then I ended up going to a like moving to a different city where like they didn't care about shoes and what it was city? almost like what city was that Willis Will oh up north yeah oh yeah that's a small town yeah <laughs> So every nobody there like gave a shit about shoes. So they were all just wore Doc Martens and, and other boots. Yeah. Or like you know, like vans or something. Yeah. So like I was almost the outcast for like liking like expensive, like 
like Air Maxes and stuff. Right, right. So that kind of faded off just because like that feeling was like completely like sucked out of the room. Like instead of being like, oh damn, look what he's wearing. I was like, damn, what are those like moon shoes or something? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so space shoes. Right. Yeah, I remember wearing like these like um, I think people referred to them as like. Tim Duncan's, but I think they were like the foam posit twos, like they're the foams that have like the big Air Max bubble on them or the air bubble on them. Oh, okay, okay. And I was just getting clowned like in every class, like like literally people calling them moon shoes. Yeah. So my my like love of like collecting or or getting the newest thing was like definitely like dampened after that. Yeah. And then I got back into it probably in like my mid twenties, just slowly, you know, as like you know start getting your own money, start buying things. But I've never been anyone, or rather the type of person, to to buy a shoe and just, like, sit on it. Yeah. Like, every shoe in my closet I've worn. Um, the only one I haven't worn is, like, if I haven't worn it, it's because I can't figure out, like, an outfit to make it work. Right, right. I think, like you said right now, a moon shoe, um, I had, I remember wearing or buying some uh, Dinosaur Junior SBs. Right. And they were, like, they looked like I just came from the moon, like. They're um, chrome with, like, the purple outline. Right, dunk highs. Yeah, the dunk yeah. highs. Man, th- my dad used to say, like, man, th- those are, what are those, moon shoes? Right. And, yeah, I remember that. But We actually had a pair of those in the shop, like, probably two years ago. Like, right as people were starting to realize, like, dunks were coming back, I ended up buying a, a pair from one of our, our customers and, like, you know, cleaning them up and then putting them on the floor. They crease so, they they just, like, crease. Like, if, if we step Wherever you step, it was just crease so easy because it was chrome, like that chromish right. look on them. Yeah, that was that was a pretty crazy part. When I noticed, I, I had the same feeling as you. Man, tell me, when it, did y'all start buying a lot of SBs then? Like in that era, two years ago? Um, we definitely tried to start getting our hands into them about like just before the Travis SBs came out. Um, we knew that if Travis starts wearing dunks, that people are gonna start buying dunks. Right. So at that point, I started kind of like scouring the internet for anything that I thought might be lower priced or might go up in price in in a few months. Um, buying more and more dunk lows from customers because the dunk low was kind of like dead for a while. Yeah. So, um, and then I would even like go on eBay and like grilled and try to find like lightly worn pairs that I feel like I could clean up and like resell because I just felt like there was like a dunk wave coming. Right. So So you thought you think you're ahead of the wave? I definitely think we, we got that one right. Yeah. I mean like we were we saw it coming and um you what know, are, ended up working out. What are some shoes that you started buying? If you could remember like I know one shoe that sh- I remember I remember he sh- wore like cherries uh the cherry SBs with the Little cherries on the tongue. They were like pink and brown. Right, the Stussies. The Stussies, yeah. yeah. So cherries, the Stussies, yeah. Um, nothing like crazy hype like that because oh, like yeah. those were even even though the the dunk even though the dunk craze had hadn't really hit those shoes were still doing fairly well. They were still like several hundred dollars. Right. I was more looking for like the one to two hundred dollar shoe or like mm. the eighty two hundred dollar shoe that I can make like. 60 to 100 bucks on right so i wasn't buying anything high end because like while i felt it was coming i wasn't like supremely confident where i'm like i'm gonna go buy like a stussy so yeah so what were you what did you buy that did really well i really just bought a variety of stuff you know just kind of the stuff like your normal like 16 to 25 year old would want to wear something that i thought would like pair with outfits like 
I would really just buy based on color base, like, mm. like oh, that's black and white, or oh, you know that you can put that with anything. Like that's the kind of buying I was doing. Mm. So like you wouldn't buy like Pac-Mans or nothing, like those crazy colors. No, I mean the craziest ones I, I probably bought, and I've I've still got one pair of them left because they're they're just so particular. Like the fish ladders, I'm not sure if you've seen those. So like they're, they're like salmon toad uh, SBs. Um, they're all black and they have this big salmon toe with like this intricate like design on it. So um, that's probably it. I mean, maybe like the crawfish. I've had I got a few crawfishes at um, at that time. But as far as as far as that time, I wasn't really buying anything that had like a ton of like like recognition. It was just more right. of like here's an SB dunk, or here's here's even just a dunk low. So when you started back in your twenties, getting into SBs, what were you buying for yourself? Um, so when I got back in, I wasn't really into, into SBs. Right, I was right. wearing, um, I started buying like Eric Costins. Okay. Um, I like those a lot. Like the Costins. Um, I started buying a lot of Asics, Gel 8.3s, Gel 8.5s. Um, of course, like, like Jordan highs. Like I was, so Jordan, Jordan, the Jordan one high is really the only Jordan I was really wearing. I had a pair of Chicago one lows what year was that when you started buying those um i probably didn't really start buying like a ton of sneakers until maybe like 2011 2012 oh okay 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 yeah and then that was still like basketball era right like uh yeah, but, but i hated that era i hated really? the basketball era yeah so you, you didn't like phone posits lebron eights lebron seven i literally movies. like dipped out of sneakers for like a decade because i didn't like the kds i didn't really like the lebrons there was like one pair of lebrons that i liked the lebron sixes um but for the most part when nike basketball was taken over i just kind of like took a step back and just like that's when i started like looking at other brands like oh damn like asics is doing some shit or like oh, new balance yeah new balance New Balance I was a little later on, um, just because like I didn't understand like like why is this shoe like one hundred and eighty dollars and like Steve Jobs wears it type stuff. But yeah, um, and they really weren't getting like that radical with their colors yet. But um, yeah, I, re I really didn't mess with the Nike basketball era at all. Why is that? Like you didn't you didn't really you thought they were on a new on a different wave that you weren't on or like. Like, so I still bought probably, like, one or two pair a year, but they were literally just for hooping. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, putting on a pair of jeans and then, like, putting on a pair of, like, LeBrons or KDs. Wow. Like, it just, it never flowed right to me. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. just, I was just out on it. I was still buying, like. I'm sure you're not the only one, though. I, I bet I, probably a few people felt the same way, you know, especially older sneakerheads, you know, that are into forces or, you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure. Right. So that's the thing. I think people maybe in like their mid to late 20s, like really are like, oh, Nike basketball is like the heyday, right? And I feel like to me, if I look back on like what I really like the most, it's probably like 95 to like 05. Yeah. So, and they're probably like 05 to like 12 or something. So, um, yeah, I just like, it was just, they were just all big and bulky. Yeah. So I didn't like that. As a, as an owner of a sneaker store, how many how many pairs of shoes you have in your collection? If you could give me a, an estimate. I've kind of stopped collecting in that way. Like I have like a closet that is like dedicated to kind of my shoes, but I really only care about the shoes that I wear at a given moment. So I probably only have like 40 or 50 pairs, like mm. personals. And then like I'll swap like 
10 to 15 out a year. Oh, like okay. If, if, like if there's a shoe I'm feeling that year, like I'm like, well, shit, I haven't worn this shoe in two years, and it's kind of worth like four to five hundred dollars. Let me just sell that to help because like shoes, like some of the shoes I like have gotten like so outrageously priced that I'm like, shit, like let me use this shoe that I never wear to like justify the cost of having yeah. a tenth five hundred dollar pair of shoes. You right. Know, so, what's your ex- most expensive shoe you have? Um, the Travis one low fragment oh okay. so, but i mean i got that one for retail oh nice where, where did you get that one from uh the travis website like the raff, really like the raffles that they email you did yeah. you go to um the casino after <laughs> no i didn't but i've won um i've won several of those um like sign up ones and then get it later um the, you know the cactus plant flea, flea market dunk yeah 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 so i i won the one that was like the Sorsky, like the crystals all over it. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. And I'd fallen asleep on my couch and I woke up and you only have an hour to check out. Yeah. So when I clicked the link, it was like the link has expired. Oh, so, man. So that one's brutal. What is that price that now? I think they're like four G's. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, they are now, so I probably would have sold it at like two, I feel like. Yeah. Because that's kind of the market when I, when I was sleeping. <laughs> so, yeah, it hurts. Um, Tell me, like, do you feel like you're the, the owner of the store? You can pretty much get any shoe you want. Or how do you feel about that? Yeah, and I feel like, I feel like now any like, with between like Instagram and like the web and like the amount of sneaker stores in a in a city, if you're willing to pay, you can get anything now. Um, because even like there's even become a market for like these these stores like um. What's it called in California? I can't remember, but there there's a store um, that even like caters to like even higher end stuff than like stores like the Houston store. So if you really wanted a pair of like Freddy Kruegers or something, like you could find them if you're willing to pay. So there's a store in California that carries pretty much like over, not overly hype, but like those rare shoes. Like so actually, so it's Blitz. Okay. So Blitz, like, they, they have, like, their normal version of a sneaker store, like everyone else has, and they have, like, their web. But then, like, the owner, um, the owner's, like, also, like, a really big collector, and he has, like, an insane collection. So um, if you really wanted a certain shoe, I'm sure, like, he would be the guy. Wow. Yeah. So he'd probably have, like, P.J. Tucker's closet kind of thing, right? Right. Like, better. Damn. Like, like his shit's insane. Yeah. Like what's there's his a f- what's his name? I can't remember his name. Um it's like Croatian style or something on Instagram. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but he has like Croatians, yeah. Yeah, he he's um he's been featured on a few people's YouTube. Yeah. But, um he has like the most insane collection. So Yeah, I I seen him. I seen him. Yeah, I follow actually I follow him on Instagram. But I didn't I didn't know he had a store called Blitz. Yeah, they put him on like Pawn Stars too once. Like, yeah, so like he's on that like, oh, this is like a collector type shit. So that's wild. So, like, if somebody wants, like, a pair of, I don't know, uh, Encore 4s or something, or? Yeah, I mean, like, like someone like him or, like, I feel like that's probably a shoe that has enough, like, like mainstream pipe behind it, too, that, like, I feel like stores like Flight Club and Stadium probably have something like that. Oh, okay, so, I got yeah. you. I got you. So he's more, like, on the friends and family 
Yeah, that, that oh. that's what it seems like. It's it's like oh, here's like a Kobe that never came out, or yeah. here's like a sample pair of this. Yeah, so he he's on some real collector shit. Is there like a grow that you don't have in your collection? Um, honestly, I really don't think of I really don't think of sneakers like that anymore. You see, uh, you see it more as a business mindset, right? Or what do you kind think? of like? I just like the the shoes that would be like grail shoes are like just so absurdly expensive right um that i i wouldn't if, if you could name one like a, like if if it was free if you could have any shoe what would it be if it no, was no no price tag and you're like oh i want that one i would i would i would need lots of time to think <laughs> of that question honestly um cuz if it's free it really takes out all the other factors um but i mean like i like the I like the what does, you yeah. know, things like that. I like the Stucci, Stucci cherries. You know, I, I like, you know, all the same stuff that everyone else likes. Those almost look like what the dunks, though. Yeah, well, they're they're a type of what the, they're the, yeah. they're the what the paws. What the paws, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the idea behind this shoe is it's like every version of, like, his old collabs were put together. So this is actually a shoe, like, I missed on. Um, oh, okay. Instead of, like, being late to something, I was like, I thought that this shoe would like skyrocket, and I bought it like as many of these as I could. Oh, okay, okay. okay. And then the market like kind of came down on them. So, this is a shoe that we still have quite a few of. What about a what about a sneaker that um that you missed out on? Was was it the one you said right now? The one that uh. No, it was the it was the slides. Um, no, uh, like personal, not for the store. Oh, personal. Yeah. Um. We'll talk about the store in a minute, though. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's been a lot of shoes that I wanted that I, I just don't get. and I, Or, like, after the fact, like, my size has become, like, twice as it. Like, I wear a 13. Mm. And for whatever reason, the last year or two has really. Been a like, struggle? Like, the 13 has been, like, two times the normal market. Yeah. Like, a 9 will be, like, 300, and 13 is, like, 900. So, the Joe Fresh New Balances have been, like, absurdly expensive in my, pri- in my size. And then recently, like, I like the Tom Sachs shoes that have come out, like, kind of like the everyday wear shoes. Right. But then it's, like, my size is, like, $1 to $200 more than everyone else. And I'm like, oh, man, it's just kind of a normal shoe. Before it wasn't like that, though, right? Like, the size 13, like, 2010, 2011, they were, weren't they cheaper? It used to be the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 13, 14s used to be kind of like bricks. Yeah. And then I don't know if they just stopped making more, people started wearing their shoes more, but the you know 12 13 has has become like a coveted size now for us when you started like sneaker collecting who was a sneaker um i guess collector that you looked up to or like that you've seen because like in my when i started collecting and like i said on the podcast before it was like mayor um friend you know that was who i seen i would watch youtubes and you know i would geek out and stuff like that back then 2010 2011 but who was like yours if you had one? I really didn't have one. I didn't really pay attention to what other people were collecting or, or doing, honestly. Um, you know, once Instagram started becoming like a thing, like everyone was on all day. Yeah. I started following like some of the old Nike talk guys. Right. Um, where like you, you like, you knew what they were doing, but you didn't really know because like it wasn't as like visual. Um, but yeah, you know, someone like Mayer, like Fat Joe, or like, you know, more recently, like DJ Kali, like they have like these insane collections and they let, they let people like look at them. Um, but then also there's like, there's just like random dudes like from Dubai and stuff who have like crazy collections that like, you know, I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. So 
you know, I like to look at people's, you know, collections here and there, but, um, for the most part, I feel like unless they have like event related stuff or like friends and family stuff, like at this point in 2022, we've all kind of seen like pretty much everything. Yeah. I feel like we've seen most of everything. Everything's been shown off to us for the most part. So, yeah. You still get, do you still get geeked out about shoes? Do you think? Or you think it's kind of like fade away since you've been in, how long have you been in business? Um, so we opened in 2016. Um, so we're coming up on our sixth year. Okay, nice. The year. Congrats. Is this, when's the uh, anniversary? Uh, it's November 15th. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's a couple months. Yeah, so coming up on six years. Um, I definitely still, like, get excited about shoes. Like, there's definitely shoes, like, I still want to add and, like, or I'll go for like recently. I just went for the the A6 Jones. Like I wanted a pair for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think like the feeling of like how you were when you were younger, or like really like the first time you've walked into a store that had like tons of shoes that you never see, and you're kind of like, oh wow, like they have everything here. Like I don't feel like that that's the same anymore. I think you're kind of looking more for like, or when I'm looking, I'm I'm really just looking for like what I would wear. Do I'm you, not really like, oh, wow, they have, like, every color anymore. Yeah, so. yeah. Do you feel like um, when kids or when kids come to the store, you know, or anyone, if anyone comes to the store, you think that's how they get that feeling? I hope so. That, I mean, that's kind of what the layout of the store is, like, intended. It's, like, we try to leave the sneaker wall, like, as open as possible so you can just kind of, like, step back and, like, admire it. Right. Um, and then we, we, you know, we literally have people tell us, like, oh, man, like, you never see this stuff, and I'm just happy to see this stuff in person. It's why we have shoes like the Chunky Dunky, because, like, even if that's a shoe that we're only make, like, 100 or 200 bucks on, like, we know people want to come in yeah. and see a shoe like that, so. Is it, uh, the store looks really nice, by the way. I walked it, it looks really good. Just the, the visual of it getting, you know, just walking in, and it's, it's so, it's open, it looks nice. Is there a reason why you put the, like, the dunks midway when you're walking like eyesight level and then like you put like the heaters on top is that like a certain uh, like um, i noticed that yeah so i mean everything's kind of organized by like its style and to us you know the dunk lows are bread and butter right now so we want that to be at eye level we want like a you know a 16 year old to come in and be able to easily pick it up and look at it um you know fours and threes are having kind of a moment right now they're starting to kind of like become more of like a mainstream shoe now mm-hmm. but um they're not quite there yet so we you know we don't have an infinite amount of like eye level space so if we had to move something up or like okay that one doesn't do quite as well let's move that one up or if there's something that's like maybe we don't want people touching 30 times a day um, right. we put those a little higher or closer to the register um you know, you know, because at the end of the day, you also have to protect your investment. So. Right, right. We'll talk about that too in in a bit. You think the sneaker culture has changed from when you started buying shoes twenty twenty twelve to now in twenty twenty two? Um. Yeah. Definitely. Like a hundred percent. Like. Talk that, about that. Like, how's how's it changed? Well, I think the biggest the biggest change is that it's not weird to see, like someone you may not expect to be into sneakers wearing like a pair of 350s right like i feel like there's probably like like middle-aged aunts and like 
or like older grandmas who like, you know, I just like the way Yeezys feel or like they look cool and I can wear them with everything. Right. So the fact that like everyone has like a pair of 350s in their closet, it seems like, (laughs) um, is a big change. And then because Nike has produced so many Dunk Lows in the last two years, there are certain colorways that you can get like 20 to 30 over retail. So if you like the shoe, like, you know, people get it. And it becoming more of a, a mainstream thing to talk about sneakers as well. Like, you know, 11 years ago, I couldn't have told you a sneaker podcast or, yeah. um, and now there's probably a hundred of them. Um, well, there's actually way more than a hundred of them. Right. Um, there's tons of YouTube channels dedicated just to sneakers. I follow sneaker pages. Like it's just, it, they're everywhere now. So it, it's completely different. Yeah. Were you on those forums back then? Like uh, Nike talk. And uh, I remember I was on, I got, I got scammed off forums back then too. Like, I was I was a part of a few of them. I wasn't like like Soul Collector and stuff like that. Yeah, not like that, you know, because like that was, I feel like the I feel like that era of sneaker, um, was kind of when I was like out on sneakers. Yeah. Like I still kind of like followed it, and like I would, I would pick up like a holiday release of an eleven here and there. But you know, if I couldn't grab it on East Bay or something like that, like the week of, maybe not the day of. Then you know I just didn't, I just didn't have my finger on it like that. So what are your thoughts on Yeezy and Adidas? I know you posted um, the Yeezy and Adidas, like going the going back and forth and stuff like that. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? On um, well, I really don't have enough information on it to like really have a strong opinion on it. But to me, it seems like they need they need each other. Like. Right. I don't think that, um, like, I understand where Kanye's coming from as, like, a creative and, like, really the only Adidas that I can think of that had any relevance in the last few years from, um, from like, a hype market or, like, um, like an aftermarket um, would be his shoes. So I definitely understand where he's coming from on that, and, and everything he touches, like, pretty much does, like, do well or sell out, but, like people weren't really buying, like, Yeezy Mainline either. Like, when he was making, like... The Yeezy 1? Oh, you mean, like, like with Nike? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, like, that shoe obviously did well. I mean, like, pretty much anything he's done on, like, footwear sneakers-wise has done well, because, like, there's even, like, you know, the the Louis shoes and, like, the Bape. But um, for it to, to reach what it's reached now, where it's, like, you see... If you go to the gym, you'll see six people in Yeezys, like... That definitely had, like, Adidas fingerprints all over it. And, like, you know, I remember, I feel like it was, like, maybe five or six years ago, like, Kanye, like, like I don't know if he was saying it or if he was, like, it was in a song, but he was talking about the amount of debt he was in. Yeah. And then now he's considered a billionaire by Forbes. So I feel like. I think he was, like, $600 million in debt or something. Yeah, it was, like, a crazy amount. And now he's he's considered a billionaire. So I feel like that doesn't happen without Adidas coming into the picture. So, do you think he could have reached that with like signing with Reebok or Puma or something? You know, you, I mean, people say, nah, you know, he needed Adidas, but I personally don't think he, if, if you're your own marketer and you market yourself in a way, I feel like you can make any brand shine, you know? Maybe. I mean, or what are your, what are your thoughts? 
Because um, if it like, just say if Reebok was in that position, then people would say, oh well, he he would. I mean, uh, Reebok would. They would need to. They would be mutual. You know what I mean? Well, I think the main difference is that like Adidas was already having kind of its comeback with the Ultra Boost, right? Um, and I, the Ultra Boost were doing like pretty decent and for a minute, and then like um, you know, Pusha had a shoe that did well. So I think it's. I think it's hard to compare it directly to like Re- Reebok or Puma because I feel like they haven't been relevant in the sneaker, um, in the sneaker community the same way that Adidas and Nike were. Mm-hmm. I felt like for a moment, it was like Adidas and Nike neck and neck, and then maybe like for a, for a bit, when the Yeezy, like the the Turtle Doves and and what have you came out, Yeezy kind of took the throne, or Adidas took the throne, and then um, and then lately I feel like. You know, Adidas is now back down. Like they're falling. Like I think they're below Asics and New Balance now, as far as like what sales. Or like as far as numbers or not, not as numbers. I'm sure they're still outselling these these companies just from sheer amount of quantity. But but I feel like when people come in, like they're not like geeking over like you know the latest color of a 350 anymore. Yeah. But if you have like maybe an ALD New Balance or a John New Balance or something like that. People are like, oh, you know, I haven't seen these in any store. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's a good and a bad. Like, the exclusivity of, like, what Yeezy used to be, like, I think did matter. And then once, like, the whole Yeezy's, Yeezy's for everyone type thing happened, it just kind of, like, it made him and Adidas a lot richer, but it made the brand a lot more, like, irrelevant. Um, you mean by, like, having all these drops every month or so and, like, having, like, a crazy amount of supply of them. Is that what you what you mean? Yeah, it's a combination. Like so, you know, he's tried a few other silhouettes, like the the V three seven hundred, the uh, you know, like we call it the minivan seven hundred, the one that's like they wrote seven hundred on the side right. of it. Um, you know the the basketball shoe. You know, he's tried to make a few other shoes, and none of them have really hit. You think it, he's tried hard though? Like you you think he's like um he's going really fast on the move I'm, in the in the years i mean you think about it like 6 years and he's made so many shoes right you know yeah it's hard to say because um they all feel related to each other you know none of them feel like like revolutionary right um but still i feel like the only ones that people really care about are kind of the first ones, the 350s and the 700s. And everything else, no one really wears that much. Or, And if they do, it, there's definitely not an aftermarket for it. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on, like, the... Uh, I don't, I don't want to say the knockoff shoes. I want, like, the Warren Lotus. You know how people remake the Nike Dunk and they have those... Right. What are your thoughts on that? I don't like those at all. You don't like any of them? No. I noticed you didn't have none in the store. <laughs> no. Um, you know, it's you know more power to you if you want to, like, go make your own custom Dunk Low or whatever um, with, like, a flame check or what have you. I just think they're so corny, honestly. The death? What are they called? Like, the death something? Yeah, there's a local that. guy. Yeah, I don't want to, like, shit on him. But oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 yeah, um, like I would never, I would never rock those ever. Um, it's just like you think it's not as creative, or do you think it's? Yeah, it's literally, it's literally like 
as uncreative as you can get. It's like it's a shoe that already exists. Yeah. Even your artwork on it is just a version of the original artwork. It's like, oh, instead of like a check, it's a check with like flames and you know, it's I just still so like still it has the same panels and same soul and Right. You know. So like if you fuck if you fuck with the brand who does that and like you already like um if you already like what they're doing and then they do a version of that, to me that can make some level of sense. Like that's why the Warren Lotus one isn't that that terrible to me. Because like people were already like, I really fuck with Warren Lotus. I really like the Jason stuff he does. Yeah. So, you know, and then he says that like he made his in Italy and like he used premium materials and all that. So that's that's like a version of that. But once he did like three, four colors ways, it was like it was corny to me. Yeah. So you know he like I I seen uh, his page and he got like the lawsuit and everything and then he actually changed like something on the soul or something like that. Yeah, he had to make quite a few changes so that he could release his new one. But even his his new one isn't trying to like jock a Nike check anymore. It's like got the whole like scythe and all that on it. So yeah. <clears throat> nice man. Well, let's talk about the store. I think that's you know came to the podcast for, but um. Nice to get a you know a sense of you and you know the your sneaker you know your sneakerhead obviously from your origins from '95 and you know what I mean. Uh, let's talk about the faculty. Is it the faculty hype or is it club never? So it's actually the faculty and club never. So the hype is really just there, like the way that someone would put like an Instagram where it's like. If I was the faculty TX mm. or the faculty Houston, you know, so um, we have ourselves to blame with that because we we made a banner that I mean, like our logo was like TFH. So it was like indicating that the hype was part of the brand. But the original idea was just like. So the faculty was just an Instagram page that I or the faculty hype was just an Instagram page that I would like put shoes on that were releasing where I would be like, here's the next Supreme drop. Um, it was just kind of a place to like show the sneakers I was into or for people to like maybe like buy something I was selling or try to oh, okay. trade. Um, it wasn't a store or anything. And I just kind of built up my following through like Supreme Post or like selling things. Um, Club Never was just supposed to be the, the store that I opened um, that would carry like retail brands. Um, Club Never carries like Pleasures, The Hundreds, Honor the Gift, Mitchell and Ness, New Balance, Asics. Club Never now? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they carried the he, the clothing of it, could you say? Yeah, like for, the mo- for the most part, it's apparel. Um, apparel, Club, there you go. Yeah, Club Never is a, a retailer for um, Doc Martens, Asics, and New Balance as well. And any of those things that we get from those companies, we obviously don't resell them. Everything's marked at retail. Oh, nice. Do you have any, like, exclusive? No, so that's the thing. Like, during COVID, like, both of those companies, like, production was a problem. So they really scaled back. That was, like, most of the world, though, production. Right. <laughs> so they kind of scaled back their distribution. So, like, we didn't get a retail shoe from either of those brands for almost two years. Oh, wow. So we're just now at a point where we're trying to get those, those shoes back in the store. Um, but also in those two years, our resale side of our store has has grown a lot. So we're not sure if if they can see our vision of being able to like have both operate in the same building. 
Um, and that's why there's separate pages because like, you know, we feel like we have our customers who will never pay a dollar over retail for stuff. Um, you know, our naked and famous jeans that we carry, or, you know, like I said, like the pleasures or, or, you know, market is another brand that we carry. Right. Um, and those are things that we'll, we'll always sell at retail no matter what, but there's such a sensitivity with sneaker culture that, you know, you talk to the wrong guy, they may go, Oh, you're selling, you know, Travis Scott's for 1800 or whatever. So you're just going to take our, you know, our new balance and you're going to tack $200 onto it, oh. which is something we've never done and, or never would do, but I can understand why you they get would that, think that. Do you get that a lot or? Um, we haven't got it yet, but we've also, you know, we had a much more separate layout of the store when we got, when we first got these accounts. So, um, you know, some of them don't send their reps out to our store that often. So, you know, they might, you know, be seeing this being like, what the fuck? But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, so what was the, um, the brands that you, that you, um, that you carry? So, um. I'll probably forget I'm some, but I'm sorry. Yeah. The, I'm yeah. sorry. The brands that, that you, you sell for retail. Right. So that's like the hundreds, pleasures, Mitchell and S, honor the gift, market, um, naked and famous denim, Kennedy, which is like a jogger company. Um, and I know I'm forgetting someone. And the shoes you said A6, right? A6 and New Balance, yeah. A6, New Balance, and the other one? Yeah, he's. Uh, it's Doc Martens. Doc Martens. So yeah. if you if you're in Houston and you want to check those out retail, make sure you check out Club Never. And you know the faculty, it's carry the more um, high end, high end exclusive shoes. Right. Um. So, with that being said, when did the store open? When when was the, the your your first idea of the store? Talk about that. So I have a I have a bicycle store. And it's not the one next door, is it? It is. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. What what bikes you carry there? Um. So, our we like to say that like we're people's first real bike. Like when you're you're like okay, I'm riding a little more. I don't want to ride a Walmart bike anymore. So we don't do anything crazy high end. Um. So most of our bikes are probably in that five to six hundred dollar range, and um, like a cruiser. No, I mean it's all it's a different variety. Like we have, you know, we have a five hundred dollar mountain bike, but okay. we also have like a five hundred dollar like like single speed. You know, it's kind of the whole variety. Right. Um, we kind of tap out kind of in like that fifteen sixteen hundred dollar range. Like, and then if it's like oh if you're if you're really getting like this more into it, like we can. We can either special order you something or we can send you to a shop that might have it like there today. Is there like a certain brand you carry? Yeah, so we carry like our big brand that we carry and we've done some collaborations with is State Bicycle Co. Um, we also carry like Haro, Mossy, um, the Retrospect lineup. Um, any, any like, I'm sorry, say it again? Fairdale. Okay. Any like popular brands like SE or like th uh, Throne and bikes like that? So, SE and Throne are kind of like direct competitors to some of the brands that we carry. Right. Throne is, um, they're kind of like an internet company. They're not really mm. a bike company that you'll see in a lot of stores. Small margin, kind of going after a very particular like fixie customer. Right. But we carry bikes like that. Um, 
SE, same kind of thing. Um, it's kind of like living more on its name right now than from like maybe how you were, you might remember it. But but yeah, we carry like-minded type bikes up to those. So like, you know, um, SE might be more um, more well known of an, more well known of a name to someone like not in the bike community that much. But if you if you're part of the bike community already, you probably know that like at this point, like State Bicycle is probably making a better bike for the same, oh. same price type thing. So it's you know it's funny it's crazy you mentioned you had a bike store because when I was like eight seven to ten years old I was in BMX and I was mm-hmm. I was riding Schwinn, right? Right, twenty inch Schwinn composite aluminum you know forks and right that was that was my um, that's how I grew up in BMX I would say seven to ten. And you know, travel and stuff like that. But I don't want to get too carried on with bikes, so let's stick with the store. Um, talk about like when did you when did you uh, open up and the idea still. So yeah, it was like it was while I was doing uh, while I was doing the bike shop that like I was doing like um, a lot of logo flips or like I was making j- jerseys, um, and I was getting you know, good feedback or, or we started to like move some volume. Like we did like this water bottle here. Um, that looks like a lean bottle, like probably like seven, eight years ago. Oh yeah. It's cool. Um, so we, we felt like we were the, like, if not the only one of the only places, like you did the whole like label Mm -hmm. and okay. Yeah. Specialized made those for us. So we've been selling those for seven or eight years at this point. Um, and then, like, the hat I'm wearing is, like, the Montrose that's supposed to look like Marlboro. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. So this is the type of stuff that we do. Um, but at a certain point, like, it, it, was, it was really good for us at first because we felt like another none of the bike companies were, like, really trying to make apparel that people cared about. It was always, like, really dorky-looking yeah. stuff or things that you would, like, oh, are you going to go ride the Tour de France right now and stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we tried to make, like, cool versions like the of really that. really tight pants and stuff? Yeah, we, we were doing that, too, but we were doing, like, kind of a more appealing looking version of it you know? oh, so like you. if you had to wear that you didn't have to feel like like a goober the whole time yeah so eventually i felt like well i can only design so much for a bike shop like people are only going to wear a shirt that says ham cycles on it so many times yeah. and i went to school for design so i was like maybe i should try to like get more into clothing um in a spot that opened up down the street from where my bike shop used to be uh, and select used to be there as well was opening up and i was like you know maybe i'll try it you know just signed a tier like short lease you know i was like that should give me enough of an idea if this is going to work and i just kind of like started like emailing and calling brands trying to get people in there um carried a lot of local stuff originally at first is but you know it was it was really just kind of like by the whim like I already had one thing that was like kind of my fallback, um, which I still, you know, I still have the bike shop, but I wanted to be more creative day in, day out. And the bike shop had become a point where it was kind of like, it was starting to work on its own. It didn't need my constant presence. Right. So um, in that fall of 2016, um, I got in the store and then with, you know, I was soft open a few months and then I had a grand opening and I've just kind of been rolling since. And that was Club Never, or was that the faculty? It was Club Never, yeah. Okay. When did you open up the, the faculty, like the shoe, the shoe part of it, the sneaker part of the store? 
so that that's that first spot was probably only like 800 square feet it was literally the bottom floor of a fourplex um and everybody else there just lived there really yeah so my sales floor was essentially like a dining room so it, it you know the person before me had converted it a little to look like a an art studio yeah so it was a it was an open floor plan, but it was still like there was like a bedroom in the back that I used the stock room. There was just like a normal shower and, and bath uh, in the in the building. Yeah. So I was starting to do the reselling like through Grailed and like Instagram at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I never intertwined the two at that location. Like if oh, okay. you if you knew that I was doing it, you could come in and I would go to the back and get it. But um, it wasn't until I moved to River Oaks, and my River Oaks store had, like, a, a top story to it. So, and so, I'm sorry, your first store, where was that at? It was on Dunlavey in Montrose. Okay, and then your second store? It was in um, River Oaks? It was in the River Oaks Shopping Center. Okay. I was I was there the majority of the time. Um, I'm, the first store, you were buying shoes already and flipping them? I was, but it was like very just kind of like on my own. It, it wasn't okay. part of yeah, well, and it was like probably like. So you pretty much use a store like to keep storage, could you say? Well, you know, I'm doing like three or four pairs a month. You know, so, oh okay, yeah, okay. It's, it's like it's not like like I don't need the storage. Yeah, it's yeah, like, gotcha. Yeah, like yeah. I could have done it from my bedroom just as easily. Yeah. Um, but it was something I started to get more and more into, um, and the retail. You know, like it, it's hard to open a retail store. So it wasn't exactly like gangbusters from day one. Yeah. So as my lease was expiring, I saw that there was a, an opening in River Oak Shopping Center for like a temporary lease where generally it's a place that you would rent for like pop-ups. Right. Um, and I asked them like, what's the max temporary I could do? And they were like, a year. And right. so like I temporary leased it for a year um, at a reduced rate, but knowing that they could kick me out like at any time. Oh, got you. Because it was a temporary lease. Yeah. Um, so once I was there and I had like a little like upstairs kind of nook area, I was like, I'll put the hype upstairs. I'll do retail downstairs. That way if anyone's interested in it, I can take them upstairs and show them. But I'm still trying to build this retail thing. I'll give it one more year. Yeah. So um, it only took a few months where I was like, it was my third no from Nike. I was trying to get a Nike account. Oh, okay, okay. And it was my third no. And you can only ask once a year. So I did not know that. <laughs> That's pretty cool to know. So it was my third no from Nike, and I was like, screw it. This is never going to happen. So I took the stuff from upstairs, and I put it downstairs, and I just kind of intertwined it together. Where it was like, we have something at every price point. If you want to come in, you want to spend $30 on a T-shirt, you know, we've got the hundreds for you. Right. But if you're more into like the hype stuff like here's a whole rack of supreme stuff that i've been buying yeah so things like that and then once i intertwined it changed the business completely really mm-hmm. so that's when you had like apparel and you had the shoes mm-hmm. did you ever get the nike account no yeah. i never even tried again after that oh yeah what what does it take to get it like did it come visit your store or like i couldn't even tell you what it takes to get it as someone who never got it but the do you know of, people <laughs> that had got it though no, and I know, I know, like, um, like Soul Lounge. You know, they have Tracy McGrady, like he's the owner of that store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't have a Nike account, <laughs> so it's it's really hard to get. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure it's a big like, part like, of like who you know. Premium Goods has it, right? 
Yeah, but you know they're they're one of the, like the first like sneaker stores, like yeah. truly sneaker stores in Houston. So, yeah. um, so that makes sense. You know, they went through every era of it. You know, and you know they lost their tier zero status for a while for reselling, and then I think they just got it back recently. So, what is that like? Um, it's and and we have we have brands that do the same. It's like. Tier zero it would be like the most exclusive stuff, like this Monair here. Oh, okay. So like when that comes out, like generally it's just like like tier zero boutiques. Yeah. And then like the sneakers app. So once you get in that on that next level, you get like the super exclusive stuff. Oh damn, that's right. That's what's mostly uh what the shops one, right? The stores one, right? Yeah, I mean we only have two two tier zero stores, I believe, in Houston, which is like the social status on my Monero combo, and then like I think Premium just got it again. So, I, do you know why they lost it? Reselling. Oh, like backdooring. Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I know a couple of buddies that work there. Yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah. Shout out to them. <laughs> um. What What are the stories you're associated with around here? That we're associated with. Yeah. I mean, not not that y'all do business with, but like that y'all know, you know. Maybe I want to give a shout out or anything. Um, we're definitely homies with uh, Racks. It's a vintage store, um, off Fondren. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of like twenty dollar, fifteen to like fifty dollar vintage tees at a really good price point, and they're like you know they move volume. They're not like yeah. sitting on their pieces forever. Um, we actually just and we just did a collaborative store with them down the street. Okay, nice. Um, so that will be vintage, but also sneakers and hype as well. So um, we definitely have the closest relationship with them. But for the most part, we're friendly with most shops. I mean, there's two or three of them that we don't fuck with or we don't fuck with, like, the way that they do business. Like, either, like, their price point or, we, you know, we think a couple shops out here are moving fakes. What are, what are the shops that, like, you associate with? Like, if I was... Mm. That, you know that you talk to maybe not on a regular but they you right. know hey what's up how's it going you know how's your shop this this and that um i would say like full court full court's another store that we're okay. cool with um honestly when you when you do this all day every day like my free time is not in sneaker stores yeah so we're really only like we talk to each other a lot but it's more of like, hey, this guy's trying to use a fake card. FYI, it might be coming your way. Oh, okay. Hey, this guy tried to lift a pair of shorts from us. Just FYI. You know, like, we're in constant communication of, like, looking out for each other. Oh, that's cool, though. Yeah, we have, like, there's a group with probably, like, 14 or 15 stores in it. Um, Who's not in that group in Houston? Um. I don't think money's in that group, and I don't think that the closet's in that group. Mm. But I think pretty much everyone the else. The closet's, that's the one on top of Johnny Dang, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that's, I didn't create the group, so I couldn't even tell you why they're not in the yeah. group. It's just, I don't think they're in the group. Yeah. Um, but pretty much everyone, I mean, there's there's people in there, I think, that only have, like, storage units. That, I don't, like, who people have added them. Yeah. So, like, someone else is running that group. I'm just contributing to it. When right, I do right. Something. Do you think you, like, do you consider yourself one of the number one stores in Houston? Yeah, I think we're the best store in Houston. Really? Yeah. 
You said that was like a lot of pride. <laughs> well, if because if, on the other podcast we were like, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, people like to say there's number one store, but it was like, I feel like if if you truly feel you're number one, like say it with your chest. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the number one store in Houston. Did I say it with my chest? Yeah, you kind of did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're the number one store. Um, like there, I mean, there's stores that like have things that we don't have, or there's stores that like maybe like every so often their price might be better or whatever. But our whole concept of our store was founded from like when I used to go into stores and I felt like the people who worked there were too cool for school. Oh, okay. Got you. So, and it's the same way I started the bike shop is like, I started to go into like these boutiques or these sneaker stores. And like, I feel like the staff there was like, I feel like I was bothering them. Yeah. Or they just like, didn't have time for me or like, like if I had a question, like I would feel stupid about it. Or they probably make you feel stupid about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I hated that. So, um, I wanted to, I wanted to firstly create an experience that had nothing to, to do with that feeling. Yeah. Um, and then additionally, like, so our, so our base is, you know, the cut, you know, serve the customer. Like we're here to, we're going to greet you. We're going to show you what you need to show. I mean, see, um, we're going to show you things that you didn't know you wanted to see. Like we, we just want to be part of your experience because we figure every store here is selling pretty much the same thing at around the same price point. What separates us? Why not just go online and buy it? Yeah. We want to show you things that you haven't seen yet. We want to show you things that like, oh, maybe this one looks better in person. You know, um, you know, we want to we want to be a place that you're comfortable coming to. That's a follow up on my next question. What makes y'all different than other sneaker stores in Houston? To me, it's the the customer service. Like we've been hiring a lot of people this month. And so I've kind of done the whole spiel. But it's how many employees you got? Um, right now we have six. But we're also staffing like club racks down the street, so oh, okay, it's like, okay, okay. and then you know if you know we if we have six, it means I've probably like talked to like twenty people, so yeah, and I've read probably fifty emails, so. But the the whole thing for us is like, we never want anyone to feel like they're not they're not welcome here. Like, someone walks in the door, hey man, how's it going? Hey, you know how are you? You know like what's going on? You know whatever. Yeah. Then we like the follow up with them, make sure that they're doing okay, you know, maybe check in again. If they're leaving, hey, you know, thanks for coming by, good to see you, you know. And not in like a phony way, and we don't want to ever sell anyone anything that, that they don't actually want, but we want to be part of like their shopping experience. Yeah. And we want like, you know, you to not know like maybe everything that we have in the store at one time. Like we don't put any of our hype online. Yeah. Like you have to come in. People always be like, how can I shop online? And it's like, I'm sorry. Like if you see it on the story, I'm more than happy to like, like invoice you and ship it. But our store was built around the idea that like, we want you to come to the store mm. and we want to make it like an experience. And we, you know, we used to have an NBA jam in the store. Like we just, you know, we don't mind if you hang out, you know, we want you to feel like, you know, us on yeah. a level, you know, like, We've made videos for Instagram and, and TikTok that are that aren't sneaker related at all. That they're just kinda like, well, you know, this is kinda funny or like yeah. let's just do this. Like we just we're more than just like the sneakers or the clothes that we're carrying and we want you to kinda feel that way when you come in. I, I gotta ask, like, I noticed 
do you ha- do you think you have an area where like people can come and do like maybe like TikToks, like a certain designated area? Or you just feel like with the store if they come in? It's it's hard to know because um, you know, we tried to kind of keep it open for that reason. Yeah. Like for for one, we think it makes everything look better, but two, you know, we know that the social media aspect of it is really big. So, um, you know, we've only been open at this new spot for a couple of weeks. Right. So we don't know, we don't even know what isn't working yet. So, you know, I'm sure we'll make plenty of adjustments. Um, you know, right now the big thing is to have a huge mirror right. that people can take their selfie in. And right now we only have like a modest size mirror. So that's, that's got, we had a big one and it broke during the move. Oh, damn. But, um, but outside of that, you know, it's like, you know, we just kind of, we're comfortable with making changes and we don't think that everything that we're doing is like perfect. Um, and so we're not afraid to change if we need to. You, so you, right now you spoke about like, you're really not trying to push online so much. You want to have the customer experience. You don't think that's important online? Like as important, you know, because people are online 24 seven, you know, they some, sometimes people want to get shoes shipped to them, their house what is what is your take on that i mean it's it's a huge part of, i mean it's a huge part of the business is online obviously and right. um to me though if i'm trying to compete with online right now i'm trying to compete with like 2j's i'm trying to compete with like you know people with levels of inventory i can't even fathom yeah and then it's like, okay, it's already going to be so hard to compete with their inventory. Now, how do I compete with their pricing? Yeah. So, and how do I compete with their advertising? And how, why would you type in my website versus their website? So, you know, it's definitely something we want to build towards. It's not something we're completely like dismissing. Mm-hmm. But to us, the first goal is to be the, the best store in Houston. And then once, you know, and, we just recently moved into a place that had a big enough inventory to continue to like buy at the rate that we need to buy to be on that level. Our last spot, like the back stock was like, you couldn't move without moving it. Like you had to move a shelf to get to a shelf. Mm. So we're just now starting to get into a space where we feel like we can like grow right? Uh, in the way that we want to grow. But yeah, it's not that we're like against the online or like naive to the idea that people you know, sometimes we'll just buy things off an Instagram ad at two in the morning. Like we would love to make that sell. But right now what's working for us is just to be the best shop in Houston and to get people in the door. What type of customers do you think you bring to the store as far as like um, what type of customer comes in? Because I know there's stores in Houston that sell like you shoes, sometimes maybe worn, like a lot of worn shoes. Mm-hmm. And there's just some stores in Houston that strictly stick to new and almost like new. Maybe there's like very, very near dead stock shoes. Mm-hmm. What type of customers you think you uh, bring to the store? So just recently as a month ago, we had probably 200 used pair on the floor. Mm. So we would we were definitely part of that bring us your old shoes, leave with a pair of new shoes dynamic. And we still kind of are, but... Anything that's not like either like a pristine shoe or that has like so much hype and like um, influence behind it mm-hmm. that people aren't going to mind if it's worn, if they can save a few hundred bucks. Right. 
Um, we won't, we're not going to carry that here anymore for, for space reasons, for like aesthetic reasons. And because the store that we're, that we just opened down the street, um, Club Racks, um, if you want to use shoe now that we're going to direct you there, if you want to sell you shoes, we're going to direct you there. So the shop that like, you're already comfortable wearing vintage, which means you're already comfortable wearing something that's been worn before. Yeah. We feel like that that crossover from a used shoe to a used tee um, makes a lot more sense because we have a lot of customers who who would come into our store and be like, man, I went to this store and half their shoes are used and they were selling used t-shirts and da, da, da. Like yeah. that concept like really turns some people off. I mean, like a lot of people are okay with it, especially on the t-shirt side. I but. think there's a market for both though. Like there's right that there's one one shop in Houston, Trusted Kicks. They carry more like used clothes, used shoes. I'm not gonna lie. When I was younger, didn't have that much money. I would have shopped there. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's just me. Like I would have shopped there because they might have had those used shoes that I wanted, but they were used. You know what I mean? And um, I wouldn't have. I would have probably bought like two used pairs. Versus one new pair, but that's how that's that was my right. And my you, life, know, you know, yeah, you know, we definitely get that, and that, which is the whole reason why we didn't eliminate it. We just turned it into the new concept, like of having our used shoes at Club Racks, right? Um, because you know, to your point, we noticed like a lot of their customers are skewed really young, and so we know that like when you're a teenager the only way to get a new pair of shoes or a different pair of shoes, not necessarily new right. is to get rid of your three shoes that you no longer care about yeah. trade up type of stuff. So we'll be doing a lot of that too. We just won't be doing it in this location. Or if we do buy it at this location, it's not going to hit this sales floor. It's going to hit, the, you know, cause it's, it's only a mile down the street. Mm -hmm. So, um, just recently as last week, you know, I took, you know, 40 or 50, no more than that. More than fifty pairs of shoes over to that store. How do you move that? Like in, in a box truck, or? I mean, honestly, fifty boxes isn't as much as you would think. Like you in know? a like in a little van. No, I um, it's just a full size SUV. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, just put the seats down and just stack it up. You know, I was gonna ask you, like, we we're talking about the fifty pairs of shoes. Uh, you ever go to some, like sneaker events and like have like major cash outs? Yeah, I was doing some of that. You know, like I said, like we were really running out of room in our stock room at the last place. But um, there's a sneaker event um, who always kind of like takes care of us. Uh, they're called a uh, Hype Beast Gersal. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, no, I haven't heard of it. Um, so we like I would like to go to that place and try to like I'd bring like two or three wagons like the one you came with and um, try to like fill those up to the brim or overflow those. Um, try to buy, you know, 30 to 40 pairs at least before I leave. Um, sometimes the pricing is too high to justify it, but I like to do that. I like yeah. to, you know, especially as we get more into, like, content, we want to show people, like, what some of our buys look like. Right. Um, and then I've done that at Sneaker Summit as well. And there's one more that I went to. Um I don't think it's a local one, but they, they came down here and they were at the garage HTX. I went there. So I've, I've done that, you know, five or six times in the last year or so. I see that. I see that more now. Like you see one person stand next to like all these boxes of shoes, like mm -hmm. hundreds of pairs. And I'm just like, wow, 
you know, and then it just so happens to be like one specific shoe in like random sizes. You right. Know? Yeah, the, those people who do that are normally the uh, the bulk sellers, the yeah. people who are like minimum quantity, 12 to 15 or whatever. We buy from those guys too. Mm. So like they'll come and they'll just, what do you think, they'll just flip like 30 bucks for 10 pairs or something like that? or? So those those places primarily. How is that? How is that business model? You can say it's definitely the the quick nickel over the slow yeah. dime. Um, they don't mind taking twenty dollars less per shoe because they they're going to sell you twenty of them. Mm. So, you know, maybe they could work to get market on everything, but the smart move for them because they have the bulk is to move in bulk. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we buy from a few bulk sellers, um, but, you know, the problem is, obviously, you always have to buy, you know, I don't think I've met one where you can buy, like, less than, like, 11 pairs. Oh, wow. Yeah, what's your plug for the store? We get a few. So, um, primarily, I would say 90% of our inventory is our customers. Really? People bring in their shoes. We cash them out. We don't do any consignment. Um, so, people either get cash the same day. Um, and we typically pay cash out either just above or right at like what StockX will give you. So it's like if you're already selling the StockX, come and get paid the same day. Mm. So um, you don't like, have to go through shipping and fees and stuff. You don't like have that. to. You don't have to wait three weeks for your payout. Like yeah. whatever. Like if you were gonna sell this to StockX anyway, like we're the best place to come get your money. We're gonna pay you right then. So and y'all there. pay well then. Y'all pay us. Well, we pay market. Yeah, y'all pay market. Know? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So market of a payout. So and then. So you can always kind of figure out like where our pricing comes from. So like if you're if you wanted to sell to us, you're more often than not going to get what StockX is offering you um, after their fees. And if you're buying, you're more often not going to pay what it would buy be to buy it on StockX. Right. So and maybe we're ten or twenty higher here and there, but um, the idea is that. You're paying what you would have paid anyway. You're getting what you would have got anyway. You're just getting it same day. Right. So, and I, I hate to plug Stock X, but like you, they're a behemoth now. Yeah. So you can't you can't just ignore the elephant in the room. Like we acknowledge that people use them for pricing, and that people are always going to compare what we're doing to what they're doing. Right. Wait. What, do you have customers like come in and they'll pull up the Stock X price or like what every, these? Every single day. Really. Yeah. Is that like is that annoying or is it just, just accustomed to it now? At first, it was like like super annoying. <laughs> like, hey, these are like one seventy two on stock. You have them at two twenty, and you have to explain like, well, you know, like you're you can't walk inside of a stock X. Yeah, you can't walk in and touch it. You can't make sure you're buying the right size, or even like legit shoes. Right at this point, yeah, <laughs> that seems that's becoming a problem now too. Yeah. So, you know, and then like you're leaving with them today. Yeah. Like go buy them on stock, you know that could take weeks. Yeah. So if the if they're verified and then if they're real, so it's you know, a process though too because they got to come from the buyer then to StockX, StockX, then now they have the like the whole um, you know, the verification and send it to you. It's like a big process, right? And and if you buy a shoe that fails verification, they normally just try to replace it. So that could be another week, week or two. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I mean it's a whole thing. Like if you're okay with it to save twenty twenty bucks, like more power to you. Like I might like if I didn't have people that I cared about in the sneaker community, 
I might do the same thing. But typically, if I want something, I want it that day. And I'm not trying to wait till like, you know, next month to get it. So you said that like 90% of your shoes comes from customers. Who authentic who authenticates your shoes? So it's a combination. Like everybody here who buys, we've gone over like the super basics of of what to look for. We obviously always prefer to buy shoes that have receipts or some level of paper trail. Um, after we've looked at them, so we, we authenticate two different ways. We authenticate them ourselves. Um, for a long time, we would only buy shoes that we had already on the sales floor, so we could one-of-one one check it. Yeah. Um, but now um, we also use CheckJack to second verify. Right. Um, I know a lot of people have a problem with CheckJack. We've only had, we've legit checked almost a thousand shoes to them. We've only had one where we had questions about their authenticity authenticity what shoe was that um i believe it was like a jordan 3 i couldn't i can't remember exactly what it was but there was there was something that i didn't like about the shoe where i didn't feel comfortable enough i ran it to them anyway they passed it but because i didn't feel comfortable because we it always has to be like double double good yeah check check but it so that was more of a that was more of a curiosity thing for my right. own personal i didn't feel good taking it so i didn't take it they said it was good you know i had questions otherwise so through all the shoes that we've sent them, there's only been one um, where we knew it was fake. I mean, where we where we suspected it was fake, and they said it was real. Um, we sent them shoes that we've known are fake, and they've always failed. Really? Yeah. So, um, and then if there's a shoe that they're not able to tell, they'll literally say not able to verify. Mm. So if they can't verify and we're not, you know, we're not a thousand percent sure. Right. We just won't buy. Like we don't take any chances on verification. Have y'all maybe slept up once and like bought a fake pair of shoes? Yeah. So two different times. So one time was pre-check check, um, probably like three years ago. Um, we had an employee buy a shoe that um, that once we. You know, once we all looked at it, kind of had everyone's eyes on it, mm -hmm. we realized it was bad. Um, and then the customer, you know, we take down customers' info. They told us they'd come back and, like, make it right. They obviously never did. Damn. Um, the other time was it, it is, a, was it an expensive shoe? or Yeah, it was an expensive shoe. What was it? It was a um, Cactus Plant Flea Market Vapor Max. Ooh. Yeah. So we're out, like, 600 on that one. Um, another one is we bought a shoe from a guy who had sold us lots of shoes in the past. And oh, he, man. And, um, so we were a little arrogant in that front. So, you know, I don't, you know, the good thing about stories like that is you get caught slipping once and it fixes it every other time after that. Yeah. So I was offsite at our storage facility. A guy who we buy from regularly comes in, he wanted something, we agreed upon a price. We pay them out. I come back from the storage facility. I'm like, these are bad. We run them. They fail. We tell him. He's like, okay, I'll come back. Never comes back. Became a whole big thing. So, Was it just like a bolt guy? It wasn't a bolt guy. No, it was just a dude who like, he honestly like would hang out at Trusted all the time. Um, what is his name? His name's Six. Mm. Yeah. So Larry Fontenote. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so he said he'd make it right. He never did. Um, 
we had some of that trust with him because we knew he always hung out there. So we assumed that that's where they came from. Yeah. Um, and then he just never did, you know. And then he got like crazy, like upset about us for like blasting him about it. So, you know, that was just. Think should have made it right though. Yeah, you know. So he ended up like blocking us on everything and all that, like real childish shit. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Because if you're sending fakes, you're always, you're gonna, you know. Yeah, you know, like, you know, make it you're right. Play you, victims. And stuff like yeah, that. I mean, I, I just feel like you know if he was he was selling us a pair probably once a week. Yeah. So, you know, like, that's one less, you know, hand to feed him, too, now. So, you right, know, right, right. The longer and it was bad for him, too. Exactly. What, um, have you ever sold any fakes in the store and, like, made it right? Or, you know, have you ever had that issue? No. Um, there was a, there was a situation once, like, years ago. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the guy who, I think he's a co owner. Or maybe just the manager of Money Money. Um, he used to sell stuff in our store as well. Mm. So um, we had a customer buy a, a shoe, um, leave. It was it was this whole it was a whole big dramatic thing. Leave, um, messaged me directly and was like, "Hey, uh, you sold me a fake," and I was like. Um, I didn't sell you anything. Like, what was it? And he's like, you told me that shoe. And I was like, oh, that wasn't my shoe, but I can assure you if there's anything wrong with it, like, we'll make it right. Right. Like, I, I couldn't speak intelligently on it through DM, so I couldn't I couldn't say one way or the other. I was like, I'm opening tomorrow. Bring it in. We'll take a look at it, and if anything's wrong, we'll take, we'll take care of it. He brings right. it in. I check it out. Shoe's totally fine. So now the story is like, well, I don't think it was dead stock. And it's like, oh, but it has a scratch here. Oh, but they're too big for me. So, like, his story went from, like, fake so to, it like, changed. it was, like, it was just, like, he had buyer's remorse. Mm. So there was a whole big thing with that. Eventually, the guy showed up. They got into an arguing match. And the guy ended up, like, making a video, like, recording uh, the other dude. From from Money Money? Mm-hmm. Okay. Recording him, like, telling him that, like, you know, saying things like, oh, he sells fakes, like, this. Oh, damn. But, um, you know, even though, like, they're, like, a competitor of ours, like, I can I can tell you that, like, that, that video is bullshit, and, like, the shoe was fine. Yeah. So. Do you ever have, like, customers, like, have that remorse and come back, like, I don't want this shoe no more? Yeah. But, I mean, like, due to, like, what we do to, like, keep our shoes dead stock and, to, like, make sure that they're authenticated and, like, we just we don't do any returns with that stuff. I mean, like, if no you, returns, no <laughs> returns. If you were to buy like these, and then like you went home and you're like they're a little tight. For one, if you're buying slides, and you buy the wrong slides. Like, dude, just slide your foot in it while you're here. Yeah. We allow tryouts, yeah. so there's really no excuse. But if someone were to like go home for like an hour and be like, oh, I bought the wrong size, then like maybe like you come in and we'll like size swap you. Um, but then, like, the whole thing is, like... Probably you have to re-authenticate them. That's the thing. You're going to have to be okay waiting for the re-authentication as well. Because, like, we don't know when the shoe leaves what you've done with the shoe. You can have a pair of shoes in your car and just swap them and boom, you know? Exactly. I'm sure people have tried that on other people. But um, yeah. because we just don't allow the returns, it's not, it hasn't been an issue for us. Nice. Talk about the break-ins that's been happening lately. I know they broke into this store recently, right? That's right. And then what's the other store? 
So Houston? the the stores that I know that have been broken into are ours. Um, they attempted a break in a bounce back. They broke into Future Retro. They broke into Full Court Houston. They attempted to break into another one who who doesn't want people to know that they tried. Why doesn't he want to know people? I don't know. Some people see it as a weakness. You know, like if they get shoplifted from, they don't put the people on blast. You know, oh, no. people have different ways of dealing with it. It's called life, man. <laughs> it um, happens. And then they broke into uh, a place called like Wander Houston or something, something like that. So they've been like hitting all these people up, huh? Yeah. So I, I think I left out one or two, but I think it's been like seven shops in the last wow. few months. And they, and they've been saying they're like pretty identical personnel that are doing it right so between us full court and um future retro we're we're pretty sure it's all the same people like same outfits same looks you know why don't they change their outfits that's you would think right (laughs) you would think because now you know now if your face pops up in another one it's like oh boom there's your there's your nike jacket there i'll tie you to three more damn robberies now yeah so you know you're probably not too smart if you're breaking into shoe stores for a living. Yeah. Though, so what do they what do they take from you? Just tell us what happened and like a little bit about it. You notice anything funny the day before or anything? No, but we you know we with all the glass on our storefront, we were obviously like very like thief conscious and like kind of nervous, and we had some we had some security gates we had already ordered that were on the way, but it was gonna be like a couple of days before they got in got in and um. You know, it was a it was an okay weather weekend, so we're like, you know what? Let's put the shoes out tonight. We'll we'll tell people we're open tomorrow. Um, we had some building problems we were waiting on, so we hadn't really officially like soft open yet. So we put the shoes out. I take the photo. It will be open tomorrow. Blah blah blah. That was probably around like 10 p.m. at night, maybe 9 p.m. And then next thing I know, at 5 a.m. You know. My alarm company's calling me. Oh, damn. Telling me, you know. How'd you feel, though? Like. Well, I've been broken into before. Oh. um, At my bike shop. Mm. So, um, it wasn't quite the, like, my world is over feeling that it was the first time. But did you, like, did your, you get sick in the stomach? Of course. Of course. Like, um, we had an attempted break-in at our last shop where they tried to saw through the back door. We have a steel door, and it had been sealed over, and they didn't know that. So they saw through our door. They saw that they still had shit to go through, and they gave yeah. up. So from th- from that moment, which was probably two or three years ago, I haven't really, like, stopped looking at cameras at bizarre hours or any motion detected, like, freaking me out. Like, right. um, You know, because it's my livelihood, and it's like, you know, it's, you know, everything I lost is, like, literally, like, a loss for me. Right. Um, I'm a single owner here, so I'm very, like, like probably hypersensitive to break-ins. For one, because I've had two of them in my last place, uh, my last bike shop location, and then I've had attempts uh, at my last spot. So I'm always kind of, like, on edge. Yeah. So once I got the message, I was it was, like, it was, like, expected in some sense because it was like the last few years i felt like it was like almost building up to that feeling right 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 because it almost seemed inevitable if you're in this business um but also like horrible you know like i live you know i don't live next door to the shop so i have to like i'm doing the drive over there and all you got is like you and your thoughts at five in the morning yeah so 
And then like the police come, they tell you what's up and then they leave. And it's like, you know, now it's five 30 in the morning and you're just you and your thoughts and your fucked up store. Did you think about like, man, I want to close this store. Like what was going through your head? Um, did you ever have any doubt? Were you having like doubts or anything? No, like I didn't have any, like, I'm going to close the store. Like, you know, even seven people, they're probably, you know, they're probably only taking like 60 or 70 pairs of shoes. 60 or 70? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, lot, it was seven dude. people. Yeah. Um, it really, like, they showed up with big trash bags. So they filled those up as much as they could. And then they also, this is why it was 60 or 70, because they're dumbasses, right? So <laughs> they took like rows of the display model and put them in bags, right? So it's a lot easier to carry your shoe if you're only carrying the left one. Right. So we have the right shoe here for 40 plus pairs. Right. So they probably only made off with like 30 that they can sell. Oh my God. So we both lose. So they have like bags full of left shoes. And then, you know, they have all the shoes they took out of the back. So. So they only have like 30 pairs out of like 70 could have been pairs. Right. I mean, they probably couldn't carry them off. They actually took the time to get both or like yeah. had the time. But, you know, they just end up, you know, like hurting us for nothing in the process. So how many, how many shoes, how many right shoes do you have? We have a whole rack of right shoes only right now. Um, as soon as our insurance is done, um, we're trying to work with like, um, um, like one of those places that help up people who only have like one leg. Mm, okay. um, we, we found a place um, in Louisiana that takes like one shoe donations. Oh, okay. So we're just, we're kind of just waiting for that process to finish so that we know that we can get rid of these shoes so that they're not just like thrown away or wasted. Right. So we're gonna donate all those as soon as like we're able to. That's pretty awesome for you, like of your. Yeah, I mean, try to people could try to turn something good into it at least, you know. Right, right, right. So. Let's run through some pop questions real quick. Just name them right off your head if okay. you could. Uh, would you prefer hundred k in cash right now or five Bitcoin? hundred k in cash. Why not the Bitcoin? I can touch the cash. <laughs> I can go okay. buy something with the cash. <laughs> Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, I also don't, I can't even tell you what Bitcoin's worth right now. Okay, it's like, they're they're about equal. If they're equal, then the cash all day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, investor or business owner, if you had to choose one? Invest, like, am I a good investor? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> would you rather, if you had the money mm -hmm. to just invest your money, not be a business owner, mm -hmm. would you invest or would you consider to be a business owner? Um, rather be a business owner. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of variables that go into that question, but I right. think, like, I think, like, a business owner, I've I've never, like, planned for retirement or anything like that. I've always kind of been, like, I'm going to, I'm just going to be doing whatever I want to do until, like, I die. Right. So, um, to me, like, I love coming to work. I have no problem, you know, working. So, um, I guess business owner. Waterburger or In-N-Out? Waterburger. You don't like In-N-Out? I mean, it's whatever. I Have mean, you tried it? Yeah, of course. So it's pretty much trash. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not trash, but I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's not in the conversation. Yeah. That sounds trash to me. Yeah. It's not in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's just something that, like, West Coast people like to say, like, pretend is better. Yeah. 
Okay. It's also oh. like, why am I waiting in line for this mid burger? So it's like, you know, yeah. their fries are super trash too. It's yeah. like the worst fries. I got you. <laughs> Sounds the more he's talking about it, he's starting to like. Yeah. Really like. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's there's five other burgers I would choose before In and Out. So. Are you a coffee guy or like energy drink type I'm, person? I'm actually both. Yeah. Okay. Like mm-hmm. if I want flavor, like I'll get an energy drink. Yeah. But coffee is like my 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 lifeblood. Like yeah, I need coffee same. every day. So. Yeah. Um, Huracan or a Board Ape Yacht Club NFT? <laughs> um, well, I've only heard of the uh, the Yacht Club, so I guess that one. I don't even Her- know. Her- uh, Lamborghini Huracan, the car. Oh, okay. Or a oh, oh, I thought you were saying two different NFTs. I've never, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, I think the Lambo. Okay, okay, Lambo. Yeah. Uh, favorite mu- music artist right now? Um, probably Kendrick. Yeah. Okay. What's the newest album he dropped? Do you remember? Uh, Mr. Morale. Okay. Yeah. Favorite shoe right now? Oh, wow. Um, I think it's probably just those, those like basic Tom Sacks that just came out. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite apparel right now? I've actually started to like come back around on like Supreme. Really? Yeah, I feel like Supreme was like dead for a while. Yeah. And um, I think that the last few seasons they've been doing really well. Um, also, wear like a lot of Warren Lotus, but um, relaxed black tees. Like as long as it's like black and it like fits me well. Like yeah, I'm not like su- I'm not like a super brand whore, but like I like a lot like what Supreme and Warren Lotus does. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's it for the pop questions. Let's get back to the uh, the podcast. Uh, what advice would you give yourself five to ten years ago if you could go back? Um, I would probably just say just keep at it. Yeah, you know, there's gonna be times where you're like you're doubting yourself or like you like. I think I thought a lot about like what my backup plan is was gonna be. Um, but I would say just you know keep at it. It's gonna work out. Like don't worry about it too much. What's the future for the faculty? Um, to me, the the future for us is like getting more and more into media to be more a part of like your daily life. Um, all of us here have interests that um, that go outside of sneakers. Like we want to, you know, we want to chop it up about sports. We want to talk about gambling. We want to talk about. Did you watch Game of Thrones last night? Right. Like, like we want to kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, we don't want to be as one-dimensional maybe as we are now. Um, and then we, we also, you, growing our inventory is like, as far as like a direct store thing is, is another big thing for us too. Who pushed you to open up your first store and your second store and your third, like who pushed you to do it all? Nobody actually. Yeah, it was just kind of like, in fact, like um, I remember the, my mom was married to a a, a dude at the time and, I remember the first time he visited the first Club Never location, he was just kind of, like, shitting on it. Like, like, oh, man, like, good luck. Like, I don't know how you're going to do it. Like, da-da-da-da-da. Like, so, and, you know, that kind of stuck with me for a little bit. I mean, like, it's not something I think about often, but if you were to ask me something like that, it it definitely comes to mind. Um, You know, my, my mom was probably supportive the mo- like the only person really supportive about 
the bike shop mm-hmm. is like I was like a very regular cyclist at the time. I'd kind of built a, a following with my brand cycling wise. So she put me in a position um, to make that happen. Like she, um, her, uh, her father had just passed away and she had some money uh, from her inheritance. So she right. was able to um, help me do the first like buy for the, for the bike shop. Nice. Um, but it, nothing was like you should, no one was ever like, you should do this. You should do, in fact, like everything I kind of do, I kind of do like behind the scenes. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, by the way, like, um, I have a vintage store now. Yeah. You know, so. So you're pretty much like low key until it happens. Right. I'm def- I'm definitely low key. Yeah. Nice. What do you want to be remembered? What do you want the store to be remembered for? And like leave an impact on people in the community and the sneaker culture? I would just say probably like just the way like like the relationships that we have with our people mm-hmm. like um you know I don't think when pe- like when a store closes you're going like oh man like the BBC t-shirts are I'm going to have to drive to a different neighborhood I think it's going to be more like oh man like I remember when I first like got this or like when Hyra showed me this brand or like I remember that's where I discovered you know whatever right so I think like the relationships the only thing that lasts when like uh, a store that's like could, that could be considered like materialistic to a certain extent like goes away. What do you think about like apparel? Like what's 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 the apparel that's moving through the store pretty fast, and what's like sitting on the, sitting on the shelves more? Um, to so carrots was that's another brand we carry. Carrots. Yeah. Carrots was definitely a brand that's like was sitting a lot more and we've started to back off on that brand a lot um just because there's a lack of i would say a lack of variance and creativity in their designs it's kind of like the same thing every time i think people were kind of getting tired of it um what about like the marketing of it you think they didn't yeah yeah maybe a little bit of the marketing but i don't like you know they kind of like play off the word carrot every time it's like oh, yeah. there's a carrot there's a money rabbit oh well, you know it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the same thing every time yeah and it's not the shit on the brand it's just that like once you have like two of them then it's like now what change it up yep. yeah so um the brand that definitely does the the there's two brands that definitely do the best for us right now and it's pleasures and um honor the gift and honor the gift is i don't know if you know this but it's it's russ west brooks brand so he uses like really like nice materials um he does like really earth tones like fear of god and yeezy oh, okay yeah and then he does like a lot of like um like black empowerment as well so it's a combination of those three things like well-made stuff and plus like you know he's obviously a millionaire so like um his price point's like super reasonable yeah. like for for us to carry a, a quality shirt that he makes would probably be like 10 to 15 dollars more so what is this what do they run as far as price? They're around 50 bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. And they come with good materials like that? They're, they're like, heavyweight and, like, great fit. And, like, they're, you know, they're part of a color palette that you don't see from every other brand. Right, right, right. Nice. Does your uh, employees, are they, like, familiar with shoes? Like, could you say, like, they, they're sneakerheads themselves or? Yeah, I mean, um, some more than others. You know, like, um, Hyro. Um, who's our sales manager? He definitely comes from like a sneakerhead background. He's kind mm-hmm. of like, he's only in his twenties, but he's kind of have he has that old head kind of frame of mind. He knows yeah. like, 
he knows shit outside of Nike. He knows, like, things that happened, like, pre-Nike basketball. Like, he's very, like, ingrained in it. Then we have people like, um, like Mia. Um, she probably, like, dabbled. Like, if she never worked here, she probably owned, like, a pair of, like, pandas only or something. Yeah. Or a pair of, like, 350s. Um, but since she's worked here, she, like, her love of it has really grown. Her appreciation of it's grown. Right. Um, the fact that she's um, she's our operations manager, like, she does our inventory and stuff, means that she also could, like, identify, like, any shoe there. So right, she right, right. she knows a lot, and her, you know, like, her collection is, like, probably, like, like quadrupled, if not more, since, since she started. Nice. Well, a couple more questions, and then we have to, got to get, got to get going, but, um, just, um, let me see. What advice would y'all give to anybody that wants to open up a store? And, you know, actually, off that, would would it be a good time to open up a sneaker store at this time? Or you feel like the like the market's, like, oversaturated sneaker stores in Houston? There's definitely a level of, like, like it's starting to feel a little oversaturated. But um, to me, if you're going to open a store now, you better, like, you better be coming, like, pretty hard. Like, honestly, like... Um, there's some stores that are here and that have opened recently who've like, who've been in, who've been in the business a while. And, you know, like us, we've had, we've had years to build up our inventory. We've had years to build up our brands. Um, so if you're just going to open a a sneaker store specifically now, you better have like some real capital behind you. You better like be willing to drop like probably like half a million, um, to get going, not even including like what you want to do to the store itself. So... If you've got the resources and you want to do it, I would say go for it. I would never, like, tell anyone not to do something. But I would just keep in mind that, like, you're really going to have to, like, like carve Shine a path out. for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Something's going to have to separate you. Yeah. Any advice for any of them? Um, just, I don't know, just, I think just treat your customers well, honestly. Like, that's always worked for us. I mean, it was a slow grind to that. But I think that our customer retention is super high because of it. And, you know, we try to remove the whole ego from it. So I think that that helps us. Right. Um, I really don't know. I mean, that's just really the work, what worked for me. I couldn't, you know, there's some places that I feel like are like, like mad rude still who are like doing probably better than me. Yeah. Hey, thank you for tuning in for go hard podcasts. Uh, make sure you check out the faculty hype and also club never and uh, check out. And that's on Instagram. Are you, and TikTok too, right? They're, they're posting on TikTok? Yeah, so our TikTok is just Club Never. Okay. And, um, and it's C-L-U-B-N-E-V-E-R. Okay, nice. And make sure you check out Goar Podcast on Instagram. We're on TikTok, all the audio platforms, YouTube, YouTube Shorts. And thank you, uh, Casey, for your time, for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure. And I uh, got to know a little bit more about yourself and the store. And... Uh, we're definitely up with time and most likely there'll be a part two because there's questions I didn't ask, but we got to get going and appreciate you again. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Peace.